Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. It's been quite an exciting year. Today marks exactly one year from when I released my first podcast. What an adventure this has been. I have met so many fascinating librarians all across the world, and I literally mean the world. In my wildest dreams, I could have never imagined interviewing people in Morocco or China. Um, I was expecting a lot of my local librarians, but the interest has been high, and I just thank you so much for being listeners over this last year. We started out with Wendy Prey talking about attitude being everything, and we wrap up this year talking to a public librarian that you're going to have some really fun ideas listening to, ways that you might be able to think about partnering with your own public library as we begin our new school year. So sit back and relax and enjoy this interview with Romeo Rosales. I'd like to welcome everyone to the Librarian Influencers podcast today, and I'm very excited to have Romeo Rosales with us. So Romeo, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your time in the library. Sure, not a problem. So I actually began my library career um, at the Farm Memorial Library in the Rio Grande Valley. I started off as just uh, a reference assistant. So I used to shelve books, uh, assist individuals with any reference needs. Eventually I moved up to full-time and then I became the uh, reference supervisor and librarian there um, at the Farm Memorial Library. Um, after spending about six years there, I moved on to San Antonio, Texas. Um, I went to work for San Antonio Public Library where I was an assistant manager uh, and, and a branch manager at, at two different locations. Um, and then after that, finally, I made a move to um, Bibliotech Public Library, where I'm currently the collections and acquisitions um, head, head librarian. So um, that's where I'm at. I've been there for two years. Exciting. So we I heard about you first because it's one of our school librarians in our area that had actually connected with you. So you are public, but you obviously do a lot of um, outreach and connections with, with other school librarians. So tell us about your library, because I know you're in a very, very unique uh, situation. Yeah, yeah, of course. So for those uh, listeners who are not familiar with Bibliotech Public Library, it's the first all-digital public library in the United States. Um, we do technically have three physical locations, but that's so that we offer about 50 Macs at each location. So patrons who don't have connectivity in their homes um, can show up to our libraries, uh, print, fax, scan for free, all that good stuff. Um, what I'm currently doing right now is other than purchasing all of our content for our, all of our locations, um, we, I'm actually working through a hotspot program. So we have over 700 digital, uh, I mean, wireless hotspots that we wow. allow our patrons to check out. Um, so I manage all of that. We have, um, you know, we work with T-Mobile and Sprint and it's, it's quite a daunting task, but it's, it's definitely something that um, we've seen a lot of benefit from in terms of our patrons being connected during this time of quarantine. Um, but it's been a great experience, you know, Bibliotech Public Library, when I, when I transitioned over, it was a little, it was different, you know, it's not traditional. We don't have book stacks. We don't have the traditional, you know, physical copies. So, uh, even when it comes to displaying books, we have to curate them. I do. I curate them specifically on our cloud library app, our Hoopla app, uh, RB Digital, whatever it is that we're using. So yeah, we have to get, you know, clever with it. I have to come up with these weird puns and different <laughs> monthly observations so that people get excited about reading. So. Okay. So with those hotspots, is that something that y'all actually pay for or 
Yes, you're nodding your head. But, um. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we, we do pay for it. So um, we do have some generous donors um, who, like AT&T Center, the San Antonio Spurs have given us funds. So okay. we, we appreciate that, of course. It allows us to keep, you know, people connected. You know, we can pay the bill, essentially. Um, and they do cost. You know, you're not paying specifically for the device. You're paying for the line. Um, but they're on, it's unlimited data. So our patrons, you know, we, we don't care about what they're doing at home with it. If they're streaming, they're working on homework, just as long as they're being connected right now. Um, we can't imagine people being at home and not having connectivity and, you know, yeah. during these hard times. So, yeah. So who, who would mostly check those out? Do you notice it's more like families or business people who, who is drawn to y'all for that service? Yeah, I would say it's mostly families. Um, so our three locations are actually, um, strategically located in what we call humble communities. Uh, two of them are actually located in Saha buildings, which is the San Antonio Housing Authority. Okay. So we do have a lot of families from the Housing Authority that come in and check out these hotspots. Um, okay. We allow a three-week checkout, so they get it for 21 days. What they'll do after that is they'll bring it back in. Um, and if there's an available hotspot, then we just check the one that they have out we check it back in and we just allow them to get another one. You know, we want them to stay connected for as long as possible. Occasionally we will have a holds list um, and they'll just have to wait for a couple of weeks every now and then to get a hotspot. But um, we do have businessmen and women who, who come in and check it out. We've had um, educators who need to, especially in, in May when the school year was coming to a close, they had to uh, record on, on Google classroom and they had to use, you know, connectivity in certain ways. And yeah, we had a lot of people coming in for that. Okay. And I have, I've seen like on Twitter and Instagram and different places where school library, schools are getting like sprint grants and different things where they're getting some of these hotspots. But do you, do you think that across America, public libraries have these kind of things so that our school librarians could refer their families to public libraries? Yeah, that's definitely, that's a, that's a great point right there. And I think, yeah, it's safe to say, um, obviously I would recommend that, you know, whatever local public library you're at, whether it's in the Valley, San Antonio, anywhere else across Texas, you know, contact your local library, see if they offer a program like that. Um, but I think there are a lot of public libraries right now that are definitely pushing um, for those uh, wireless hotspots. I mean, uh, you know, my, to, to coin um, my, my director's word, she says it's a Band-Aid solution, which she's 100% right, um, because it doesn't completely fix the problem of the digital gap. Um, but for now, if we can at least provide some service to, uh, you know, a lot of households here in Bear County where I'm, I'm at, then that's definitely what we're trying to do right now. But yes, I would recommend contacting your local library. And I think uh, school librarians can certainly refer um, any of their, their parents, their students to, to a local library. I know Farm Memorial Library does it. When I left, um, we were connected through Verizon. I think they still have hotspot program going on as well. Okay. That, that is so exciting to hear that kind of a project. And um, we have another person who lives in my area where he works with some people and he'll put up, um, I'm trying to, just, I can't think of the right words to describe it right now, but basically he's putting, he's networking some of our extremely low income um, areas that don't even have running water, you know, that they don't have, yeah. solar, and he's putting up solar powered things for their community to be able to have access to Wi-Fi and just what a beautiful thing, you know, that he's, he's thought of this group and how he can serve um, to do. And he's not a librarian. He's, he's a network guy, but that's just something, you know, that's a passion for him. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. All right. So where you are right now, do you, what kind of work do you do with school librarians? If, if at all. So it's uh, interesting you ask. So um, we actually do have a partnership right now with a school up here. They're called Cast Tech. Um, okay. They're, they're more a technology-based uh, school. Um, we are in the talks. Well, not even in the talks. It's not like I can't talk about it. We, you know, we're basically already have brick and mortar set up. So we're going to have a public library slash school um, partnership 
Okay. So the school's library will be bibliotech, um, and it'll be open to specifically to students from, I believe, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., okay. uh, but at, at that point, it does become a public library from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, we'll have separate entrances, so that way there's no, you know, uh, running, you know, students running into um, the public in that way. We want to make sure that the students are safe as well on campus, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's, it's a beautiful concept. We've seen the conceptual designs. Um, it's going to be state-of-the-art. It's, it's going to have about 50 or 60 max. Uh, we're going to have a recording studio. We're going to have a maker space, uh, meeting rooms, conference rooms, and we'll have a very nice patio area in the back so that you know students can study as well as the public. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have that collaboration. We have a lot of collaborations going on with other school districts. Um, we helped. We started a, a program called Write and Read. So we connected uh, Harlandale ISD up here in San Antonio. With uh, we set them up with Wi-Fi on their buses, and they had access to all of our content for free. Oh um, so it was a really cool program. And the last thing we're doing right now for summer with several schools is we have a partnership where we're um, allowed to park in their parking lots, and we have like these um, pop-up you know, hotspot locations where patrons don't have to frequent our actual locations. They can show up to these pop-up locations. They can print, they can fax. Uh, We have vans, you know, that have our logo and everything and we have printers, everything. Um, So it's really quite unique. That's awesome. Now, like I know schools will get money from E-rate, you know, that helps pay for their Wi-Fi and things, but I know that they're prohibited uh, from doing some of what you mentioned, like putting it on a bus, because it's, if it's paid for through E-rate. So how do, how do y'all fund that? Like, what, how does that work? So, you know, I'm not 100% certain on that. I know it, it took a lot of work because like you mentioned, obviously there's some, some legality involved in terms of, you know, running point-to-point broadband or anything like that. Um, I just think that collectively the public library systems here with San Antonio Public and Bibliotech, as well as some of the schools, um, they realize the need. Um, and I don't know if they work through legalities that way and just said, you know what, we're willing to just ensure that people are connected in these ways. Um, that's essentially what it came down to. But um, we've done a great job. You know, we're even assisting some uh, neighboring towns uh, or cities like Shirts, um, I believe Selma and Leon Valley. Um, we're assisting them with a hotspot program as well so that, you know, because technically they still fall within Bear County and we want to ensure that their patrons have connectivity as well since they're kind of out in the country. Um, so it's, it's a really unique program. A lot of talks, um, different organizations. I mean, everybody wanting to have a, a part of, of what we do because it's, 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 you know, it's beneficial. So. Yeah, definitely. So mo- a lot of my listening audience is early career librarians, school librarians. So like first okay. and second year. So I just want to encourage them right now as, as you're hearing these amazing stories, you know, from this one public librarian, reach out to your public library. You might not have ever thought about collaborating with them before, but there's so many resources, you know, that y'all can bring um, to the schools and to, to the families, you know, in general. So, so much unknown, you know, with, with next fall and what's going to happen, this could be yeah. a great, great time to really start building um, that partnership. Um, so what else, Romeo, would you like to share with our school librarians today? So, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been in libraries for over 10 years. Um, I've had a wonderful experience, um, especially if your audience are, are you know, uh, new librarians getting into the field. Um, I would just recommend that, you know, no matter what, you know, there's, there might be some ups and downs, but it's always going to be a positive, uh, as long as you're influencing the lives of, of the students, you know, patrons, whether you work in public or not. Um, I have to say that it's been a very rewarding career thus far. Um, there's nothing quite like, you know, times where I, I remember specifically when I was in the Valley working at far library, I'd show up at a store, you know, next to the library, uh, and I'd have patrons, you know, Hey, you know, you're the, you're the 
the, you know, the person who helped me get this job or you're yeah. the person who helped me fill out this application. And they're just so grateful and so thankful uh, for the assistance that it, like I mentioned, it's just the most rewarding career I've ever had. Um, other than that, like, like you mentioned, yeah, I mean, collaborate, you know, that's, that's key right now, especially during these times of quarantine. Um, we have a, a new resource. Uh, it's, we, we named it San Antonio soundstage. It's through a, a platform called Biblioboard. Um, and what it is, is it allows local uh, musical talents to submit their work via MP3. So we just kind of vet those uh, as long as, you know, it meets our guidelines, we put it up in a special curation and there you go. We have San Antonio um, local music so that people can listen to as long as they have a library card with us. So lots of options, lots of collaborations. Um, I like the door knocking approach. Obviously times are different right now, but that, that can be a metaphor just getting out there in the community and just making connections. That's very important. So I know I have seen where some public libraries will visit the school systems um, and do like library card drives. Do y'all do any kind of thing like that? Yeah, we do. So we actually, Bibliotech is unique in the sense that we have a dedicated outreach team. So we have an oh. outreach coordinator um, and beneath him, he's got six employees. He has six employees. So what they do uh, is all day long. Um, I field the information email questions, you know, cause that, that comes to my inbox. It's just okay. routed that way. Um, and if I need to forward it to the outreach coordinator, that's what I do. And they make connections all the time. They show up at schools. Um, they have programs in specific classrooms if need be. Like if a teacher's requesting that we go out and just talk to her students or his students about uh, bibliotech, we'll do that. Okay. Um, we'll set up shop in the gym if there's some sort of career fair type thing. Uh, we've gone to Alamo colleges up here, you know, universities. I, I presented at UTSA to their librarians, academic librarians. Um, we go everywhere. I mean, we try to be everywhere we can to let people know, hey, this is an a resource that you guys don't want to miss out on. Um, you know, cause I'll be honest, it's a little hard. And, and I say this in a friendly way. It's a, it's a little hard to compete with San Antonio public library. They've, they've, they're award-winning. They've been around for over a hundred years and here's <laughs> bibliotech seven years old digital. And everybody's kind of like, uh, what, you know, I'm not certain about that, but we've seen tremendous growth in terms of uh, registrations, card holders, active card holders and, and usage. Um, it's, it's been awesome this summer. Okay. Very good. Romeo, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been, it's interesting because there's so many takeaways, you know, that we can, because school librarians can steal ideas from you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's what it's all about. Everybody taking ideas from each other, not, not in a bad way, just so that we can yeah. feed off of each other positively, so. Most definitely. Well, go ahead and let us know, uh, where can our listeners find you online or, or even your library? Sure. So uh, if you are curious about Bibliotech, uh, our webpage is bearbibliotech.org. You spell bear, B-E-X-A-R. Okay. And Bibliotech is B-I-B-L-I-O-T-E-C-H.org, bearbibliotech.org. Uh, it'll, it'll pull up our page and all the interesting stuff we have going on our summer reading, all of our awesome resources. You can certainly browse through it. You don't have to have a card. So you can check out our curations on Cloud Library and that kind of thing. Um, as far as personally, uh, on Twitter, if, if I do have a Twitter account, if anybody wants to follow my page, I, I tweet about, um, books and libraries and okay. other random things, but I keep it clean. Uh, <laughs> so you, you can find me, my hashtag is, uh, at RRSLS10. Um, that's, that's my, um, hashtag there on Instagram. Um, I, I do post a lot on Instagram. So, uh, my handle is page underscore master. So it's kind of a paying homage to the, the 93 film page master. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I do. I do write for book riot. If anybody's familiar, um, I actually write for book riot. Uh, it's a, it's a great, uh, online platform where we, talk about books all day, every day. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we're making a, a big push for, for um, 
authors of color right now because of, you know, in light of what's going on right now in our, in, in, in our country, um, highlighting those authors in, in a positive way. So we're doing a lot of that work. Um, and I also do write for Public Libraries Magazine. So uh, I just had a featured piece, I believe, in June, yes, as well. So um, you can find some of my work there also. Okay. And I think you had mentioned before we started recording about a podcast that you do. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, and it's, it's, it's really well done. I'll be honest. I think my, my, my buddy and I, um, he's a pharmacist, but he, I've known him since I was about six, seven years old. We grew up together. Um, and we have a love of reading. So we review all kinds of books. It's called Lucha Libro podcast. Okay. So it's, it's a little take on, you know, like uh, Mexican wrestling with a mixture of books. Um, you can find us on all listening platforms, you know, Apple, Spotify, Google, we're on Anchor FM, mm-hmm. um, you know, Radio Public, all that stuff. Um, we just finished reviewing uh, The Line Becomes a River by Francisco Cantu. And previous to that, we did A House on Mongo Street by Sandra Cisneros. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of classic lit, but we do some contemporary stuff as well. So I, th- I think it's unique in a way that I think your listeners will enjoy. So That's awesome. And of course, book reviews are always something that school librarians are looking for. <laughs> so. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it, it's, it's great. So I, I'd love to, to know if anybody uh, of the school librarians, other than your podcast, I'd love to know if anybody else has podcasts. So Yes. And, and actually, I'm, I'm aware of several. So we, I can share some of that with you. Great. Uh, but for the listeners, we will put links to this on the show notes. So if y'all are listening and you want to have a link to this podcast or, or to his library, if you'll get on the show notes, you'll be able to click those links and go straight to visit it. But Romeo, thanks so much for your time today. It's been great talking to you. And uh, it's been, I'm looking forward to following and learning more about, about your library and about what you're doing. So thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Sure. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. As we wrap up our time today, I want to make sure that you know I'm having a free webinar this week. It's going to be on Thursday, August the 6th, 7 p.m. Central Time. I'm going to be talking about three key things that you can do right now to get off on the best foot as you start the new school year. So visit the show notes, www.laurashineman.com. Go to the blog and find today's podcast or even this week's blog post. And you'll find a link where you can register for the free webinar. Three key things that you can do right now that are going to put you in the best spot to start the school year and help you make a difference every day. Talk to you next time.